to the abyss. Nothing is as it seems. Welcome to Fatal Follower Presents, a spooky safe space to celebrate horror and all things horror adjacent. Come and geek out with your creep out. I am your host, Donnie Ibarra, and joining me today from the depths of the Devil's Triangle, Captain Creature himself, Travis. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, aquatic horrors. We're going to be taking a dive into the pits of where Cthulhu Cthulhu likes to hang out. Uh, So... But first, uh, this whole this whole segment uh, inspired me from a picture that you sent me. Uh, you were in the ocean wherever you're on vacation, and yeah. it looked like you were uh, staring into the void. Dude, it was Destin, Florida. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to set that up. So I sent you a picture, and I'll send it so you can post it. But Rose goes, uh, we went out there at like, I think it was after 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And Rose goes, isn't this romantic or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, no, no, this is, uh, <laughs> this is fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I've been at the ocean at night, I don't want to be near it like at all. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe far I, away. Oh yeah. And my anxiety is just like imagining like a tsunami wave or like. You know, it's just, it's staring into that. And I was like, why am I so fucking scared? Because like, you know, everybody else was like, oh, it's like so peaceful, you know, at night and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, just staring into that. I think it's just like one of those things where it makes you feel small, like the unseen terror kind of thing. And that kind of goes back to like the HP Lovecraft, like you mentioned, Cthulhu. And it's like that darkness as far as the eye can see. And it's almost like the, like Rose said, she was like, oh, it kind of did remind me of like, kind of like the fog and how you feel little, you know. Exactly. The, yeah. Well, I remember um, when I was a kid, mom would tell this story that I, I think we were at like the YMCA or something and we were swimming and I was a couple years old and I just kind of took off and took a dive into the pool and she said I almost drowned, like they had to pull me out and like all this stuff. I don't know if it's that that's caused me to like be weary of like being in water and like kind of very nervous, but um, I've had a lot of weird instances in water where I felt like uncomfortable and whether it's in the ocean or even like swimming in like uh, like a swimming pool, like inside or outside, I've, I've always been very anxious, like not knowing, you know, what's underneath me. And like, even when I like go underwater and you got like, goggles on and you can see i'm always expecting something to be there you know what i mean like there's there's something there and there's so many pictures out there like of artists that have like painted or drawn or whatever and like it shows somebody like floating in water and they're like on a rock but like the rock is actually like the nose of like cthulhu or like some shark or some shit (laughs) and that that freaks me out like not that abyss um, like mm-hmm. it's not as much space that freaks me out as it does like the stuff that's already here that we just haven't like discovered yet. Yeah. And I think that's why like, you know, water, like large bodies of water freak me out. Like even in like lakes and stuff, like I remember 
I mean, we, we, as kids, we would go like, I remember Freddie and dad would like take us fishing and stuff. And like, we would be in the water, but, um, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. Like if you're in a lake or something, like you can't really see, you know, the bottom, like you can, like some of the ocean stuff that you're in. So you could be stepping on anything, you know, and that freaks me out just thinking about it. Yeah. Like the idea, um, Rose brought this up too. She was like, one of my um, bucket list trips is to go to Hawaii. And I was like, I don't want to fucking go to Hawaii, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Hawaii is like the tip of a fucking volcano or something. And it's like, I'm like, what if that motherfucker breaks off in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping or something? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the real horrors, like not even like stuff that's so abstract. Like it's just, you know, the weather and like the flooding and the tsunamis and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, what if that motherfucker, like, goes Atlantis, like, in the middle of the night? Like, what are we going <laughs> to You, like, wake up and you're, like, at the bottom of the house in the pool in the water. Yeah. I wake up just to die horribly. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody else is already dead peacefully. <laughs> that shit is scary. I mean, it just, yeah, it freaks me out. Like, even just, like, I don't know, like, there's a, a trail by our house and it's, it's, it's a dry trail, but um, there is, like a lot of small little ponds and stuff that have collected water. And I was running like just jogging through the other day and I wasn't really paying attention to anything. And a, uh, it was like a beaver or something like shot out and like hit my foot. And I, you would have thought I would, I would have been like shot, like with a shotgun. I like freaked out. Cause I was like, what is coming out of the water? You know, yeah. it just, it just completely like freaked me out. Cause you just don't know, like it could yeah. be anything. Um, I mean, even in Florida, like there's gator stories all the time about gator just like showing up at the door, <laughs> like people <laughs> opening the front door and there's a fucking gator staring at He's you. He's dressed <laughs> as a fucking pizza man. Trying to the <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so now you're still uh, on your vacation. Is that right? No, no. We are back home now. So yeah, oh, we, nice. went, we went for a few days uh, to Destin and um, I had all the sun that I could take. And yeah. uh, Rose, Rose was as well, man. The heat hits fucking differently down in Florida, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, down in the south, you remember going to San Antonio and shit. That shit, that heat, like the sun is just like piercing down south. Oh, whereas, it's yeah, it's awful. Whereas up here, it's humid, but it's not like they. You could stay out in the sun. You could walk in the sun for a little bit before getting like absolutely roasted. Like I have boils on my back and shit. Ooh, yeah, that's not <laughs> like like sun blisters. Those are the yeah. worst. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think goth people are really made for that kind of <laughs> vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into a couple of the new news of the week. Um, mm-hmm. Now, did you get to watch the trailer for The Deep House? I absolutely did. I absolutely All did. All right. So synopsis, a young couple who go to France to explore an underwater house and share their findings on social media undergoes a serious change of plans when the couple enter the interior of a strange house located at the bottom of the sea and their presence awakens a spirit dark that haunts the house. Now, you know, this is what creeps me out. Like you're on vacation and now I obviously don't go to like uh, these spots where there's underwater houses, but if I happen to stumble across one, I'd probably be very curious. Yeah, I would Um, Sure. And so I don't know, like this, this kind of sounds intriguing, like a haunted house underwater. Like I'm yeah. kind of sold already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? So I liked this one and not to spoil, but I liked this one a lot more than the other one uh, that we're going to probably talk about here in a little bit. Um, yeah. 
I think that this one is like one of those unique kind of stories and we'll get more into like aquatic kinds of horror. Yeah. But it's like the shark thing has kind of been done. Um, I think masterfully. And it's like this kind of stuff though is still really, really creepy to me. The trailer reminded me of an old um, Alan Moore swamp thing story from his run. Um, I can't remember what was inhabiting the house or the city, but it was the city that had been taken over by water. And I guess Swamp Thing like enters with John Constantine. Yep. They like, you know, they, you know, there's like monsters down there and shit. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of that, just like the underwater house and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, And there's been a couple stories like that recently. Like, um, and this just came to mind, but uh, there's Josh, there's a Josh Mallerman story like that i think the house at the bottom of the lake or... I, I seen that yeah i was at uh, uh barnes a while back and yeah. i i seen that out and it looked pretty intriguing i, I like him as a writer so i'm probably gonna end up getting it at some point which that was i think that's mal that's i may be getting him mixed up with the neil gaiman book too but one of them had like a house at the bottom of a lake or whatever i don't yeah. think it's strictly horror i think it's like you know haunting or it's like a haunting story kind of thing yeah but yeah that idea has always kind of um, creeped me out. Like the, I thought the trailer was really, really well done in that, like, you know, the, the it's not really showing you much of what it is that uh, are attacking our protagonist, but it's like, it's enough to keep me interested to like go back and check it out. Like, I really want to see that movie now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. And when I found out that the directors, uh, it's a directing duo and they directed inside the original France uh, version. Oh yeah. I'm in then. And then I think at one point um, I was like doing a little digging and it's weird because they were like at one point attached to direct the sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween. And then that fell through and then they were setting up the Hellraiser remake and then they left that. So I think this is the the next step for them, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty excited. I I liked inside. I think Inside's pretty brutal. So I'm, I'm kind of down for this. Yeah. That was the Halloween that was like, um, or I may be getting this mixed up with Todd Farmers, but I know uh, several Halloweens went through the, like the editorial or whatever. Yeah. Where the mask was like melted onto his face and shit. I, I don't know how that would have been, but yeah, it sounded pretty, their, uh, their Hellraiser sounded pretty cool too. Like the, um, I don't know what's up with that series. Like if that series is just like, getting held up by something or rights or yeah well, there's there's several things coming out from the Hellraiser, hellraiser rights like clive barker's working with the hbo series and then there's a movie that's announced that i think they're going to do uh kirstie as the actual pinhead mm-hmm. but i don't know if i don't know it's going to go directly to hulu and i'm not sure like i did like the books of blood adaption even though yep. it wasn't necessarily adapted but I liked it because Clive Barker was part of it. I actually thought it was pretty strong. I thought it was too. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me it and I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. And I watched it and me and Gabe and I was like, oh yeah, it's not too bad. It's, it's actually, uh, I I liked how they, uh, I think the, the overarching story was the, uh, the, the skin or whatever that skin, uh, the, the the, the books of blood. Yeah. So I, I, I liked that, uh, included even though there was original material added in but i I thought it was good i i I liked it um so i don't know it it could be interesting the thing that sucks though is when i see like those kind of announcements like i want to own that like physical if it's good so i don't want to just have it on streaming you know what i mean but 
Yeah, yeah, I hope everything like that gets released, man. Like eventually, I hate, I hate that, man. Like relying on streaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy because then you know there's uh, of course the Fear Street tr- trilogy that's coming out in a few weeks. Like that's something that I would want to physically own too. Absolutely, just to get some extras and like to have that like surround sound. And so hopefully they do. Although Netflix uh, does release quite a bit more than. Um, than Hulu does. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, so moving on to the next trailer that was released, aquatic-based horror, was Great White. And it's coming out on July 16th. Oh, sorry. The Deep House actually is coming out June 30th, but there's no U.S. release for that yet. Um, so Great White coming out July 16th. It's about um, a seaplane that is destroyed in a freak accident. Five people find themselves drifting on a raft at the mercy of the tide and with no hope of rescue. The helpless situation takes a horrifying turn when they are terrorized by a ravenous great white. Um, What did you think of this? I know you kind of prefaced earlier about your feelings about shark movies. Yeah, so, uh, and I think that, and we'll talk about a few that I think were done really well, like, you know, semi-recently. But I think, like, when you have such a strong picture and, like, Jaws to just, like, start out with, it's, like, it, it kind of needs to be something. Um, and, you know, I'll mention this again, like, later on. But 47 meters below, I really dug. Um, the shallows, I thought, was pretty solid. Like, but it's, like, it seems like if you're not bringing anything new to the table, it's, yeah. like, and why are we putting ourselves against Jaws and shit? <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll see it for sure, but yeah, we we always end up going to see shark movies. Uh, it's yeah. I don't know, like I think we 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 seen both of the forty seven meters down movies, and I actually like the second one better because there were like there were like albino zombie sharks or some shit. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, okay, that's different. I haven't seen that before. And I haven't seen them like stuck underwater the whole time, which I like that idea. Yeah. Um, but this one is just like they're on a raft. I'm like, yeah, Jaws 2 kind of covered that. So I don't know how much more you're going to bring. Yeah. Um, but was while I was like kind of looking at this one, there was another one that popped up and it was about, it's going to be released soon too. And it's like about these divers that get trapped uh, they're doing like a world war ii uh like a documentary or something and they're stuck in a ship and then the sharks are trying to like get in the ship or something and it, i don't know it was like they're really there there's so many shark movies it's hard to keep up with but um yeah i'm kind of with you like this looks like any other uh shark movie i mean it's kind of generic title like great white like that's not really that exciting either I kind of, I, I dug, I really like laughed at the scene when, uh, in the trailer, when she opens the door, it was that jump scare where she opens the door and the shark is standing like uh, <laughs> floating there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, there's like one scene where it like does a backflip and it's like growling and she just like screaming. I was like, this shark is like getting around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I mean, we'll probably see it, but yeah, it's probably not going to be something that I'll like want to own immediately. Yeah, I think I'm oversaturated with the shark core anyway. So um, I'd like to see more like giant octopus or like, I don't know, some fucking mutant starfish or something like there's so many <laughs> there's so many like animals in the sea. You can certainly come up with something else. Some giant crabs. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Island Claws or something like a remake of that. Yeah. 
All right. So um, those were the two aquatic trailers that I had. And I haven't really um, I haven't really kept up with any other announcements this week. I think everything's been kind of uh, in limbo. Like there's not really any exciting news that I noted. Um, is there anything that you kind of came across that's new that um, that you saw like trailer wise or anything? Not really. No. Um, a lot of like most of the shit that I see on um, Facebook of new stuff is like, you know, new shirts from Paul Bear Press and like just new designs on shit, like new figures, like uh, Amigo had some like new action figures coming out. And the Batman, they did like a Batman. They did Creature from the Black Lagoon. They're doing a lot of the uh, Hammer Horror figures. Oh, like, yeah. I think I seen a post for, was it like the Reptile, I think they're releasing or something? Yeah, dude. And um, um, Christopher Lee's Dracula, I think, was one of them. I, I could be wrong on this, but yeah, I, I and I, because I don't have like, you know, the release here, but yeah, I yeah. saw a bunch of, and a, and a bunch of people were like going wild over it because they were like, holy shit, like, you know, they're finally doing like some of the hammer monsters, you know, as far as me goes. Yeah. So what's your stance on like hammer horror? Do you, are you into it or? Um... Yeah. 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 Like, uh, and sometimes like, and this is going to be weird to say, but like sometimes it's a little too British for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, the, you know, the candle lit, and, you know, it's like nothing yeah. happens for the first 45 minutes, you know, just like very just guys and ascots or like, you know, it just suits just talking, you know, intelligently. And I'm like, all right, I need to <laughs> like I need a few more creatures. But like, yeah, like Plague of the Zombies, uh, Curse of the Werewolf, um, you know, of course, like Drac- uh, Dracula, AD 1972. Um, I, I love, I love a lot of that, like, um, the more grindhousey, the more like, um, the creature features and stuff like that, that they've done. So I guess yeah. I'm like 50, 50 on a lot of, uh, hammer stuff. Like some of the stuff is a little like the mummy stuff has never, the mummy has never really captured my like love as far as like a monster, but I'm yeah. always in for like zombies, werewolves, um, and Dracula sometimes. Like, my favorite iteration of Dracula is actually Tomb of Dracula from Marvel. Like, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, yeah. That would be great to see, like, a, an updated version of that. Maybe even from the new Hammer Studios. Like, yeah. do that. That would be cool. Yeah, Marvel's old, like, um, and it seems like it's flipped and it's DC now. But it's, like, their old, like, 70s horror stuff is fucking so good. Like, yeah. the uh, Monster of Frankenstein. I think is what it's called tomb of Dracula, um, the werewolf by night, like all that shit, man. It's so cool that they were doing that. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's, there's enough there that is ripe for a company to, you know, adapt. I don't think it would be Disney plus that would do the Marvel darker stuff, but they need to sort of do something there. Like, like get a smaller, a company like the bad robot or something like that's with paramount or like something that's sort of a subset of disney that handles like because i know that they're going to do the predator and they're going to do the alien stuff so it would be nice to see some of their acquisitions like uh turned into to audiences that are craving darker grittier stuff because i don't really i just don't find myself fascinated by the the Disney villains that they're making like DC gritty, like their uh-huh. own Joker stories, you know, like I don't want to watch the Cruella dark origin, but I would like to watch like 
you know, your properties that you own with Marvel, like you said, like the Tomb of Dracula or the Werewolf by Night, like something like that, I think, is just sitting there. So, you know, let's freshen it up and, and give it to an, a, a fresh audience that, that wants it. Yeah, like rich, rich characters, man. Like even like Son of and you probably couldn't name anything Son of Satan, but it's like Son of Satan, Hellstrom, you know, um Yeah. Uh Man Thing. Like Man Thing would be fucking killer, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was reading an article. I can't remember if it was like bloody disgusting or one of them, but they had uh they did a spotlight on the old man thing movie. And I remember uh, I was actually living in Florida when uh, I was in Lauderdale when that uh, aired me and I was living with Ron, my old friend. And we sat up to watch that. And I was like, man, this, this Marvel movie is like, I mean, it's on sci-fi, but it's like pretty hard rated R, you know, it was mm-hmm. gory, like a slasher, like creature feature. And even though it wasn't as, um, as successful or well-received, I actually kind of dig it. I think it's like one of their better, um, properties even though you know man thing's not necessarily uh the hero in that but it's kind of a cool eco horror kind of movie um yeah and that was kind of the thing the cool thing about like a lot of those like legion of monsters magazines and shit is like man thing wasn't always the hero like he he would basically punish just like the ones that like were like a uh, fear right like wasn't fear a big part of what he did like yeah <laughs> we, yeah fear around. burns at the man things touch i think is the way it's built uh yeah yeah because yeah, essentially i think is what in, in the book and i think in that adaption is you know anytime he would touch you or something that that uh, it's kind of sort of like the ghost rider uh stare like that vengeance uh yeah. where Go. you your sins are burning or whatever Ghost Rider's another one. It's like, man, that's like, that's such a rich character that like, and, and let's be not, I shouldn't say like rich, rich character, but like there's Ghost Riders fucking badass, man. Like to er, pretty much everybody that ever sees Ghost Riders, like, holy shit, that's a cool character. Yeah. I'd like to see somebody like, um, like you guys talked about in the previous episode, like Al Ewing or one of those guys take on like a character like. Uh, ghost rider or something like bring somebody uh, like grant morrison or something to ghost rider like what would he do you know what yeah. i'm saying make him yeah. more interesting and stuff yeah i think it's 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 a character that really is rich that they could do something with gabe was telling me earlier today we were on a walk that um one of the avengers titles has blade and uh, ghost rider on the team and he said it was kind of an unlikely um you know, pairing with regular Avengers. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool because if you notice like some of the older DC stuff, like they have like some of those darker characters with the, reg- the original roster. So yeah. it would be kind of cool to have that with the Avengers. Cause I'm kind of a little over the sunny, happy, bright colored Avengers, like on the team, like mm-hmm. put some like, you know, I, like I was intrigued after he said that, like, Oh, blades on there. Like I would totally read that now. You know, it's, it's just yeah. a different uh, dynamic instead of everyone with the comedy and one liners, like it, it'd be something maybe a little bit of a, of a juxtaposition against the bright, cheerful characters. Yeah. Like so, the Avengers against hell and, you know, Avengers against vampires. And yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what uh, I think. That's what I think there was vampires actually in one of the stories that he was talking about, which was, I mean, you don't see that. And so that kind of camps up the Avengers a little bit, which is kind of cool. I, I think. I think it was um, Aaron's Avengers. Wasn't it? I think that's what. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm down for that kind of stuff. Um, I think that, you know, 
hopefully there are some things that um, blossom out of that. And I know I was a little disheartened to see that the the trench movie that Aquaman spinoff uh, is not going to happen, which is kind of a bummer because I was looking forward to seeing more of the trench creatures. So mm-hmm. hopefully they're in the, the second Aquaman movie. Um, it's time for the cop collections. we are going to get into some new acquisitions and some new finds that we've picked up recently. So Travis, you, uh, you have anything that you've uh, scored recently that's horror, horror adjacent? Yeah. So, um, I recently took a stop to the, uh, the old half price books here in town. And, um, I've been picking up a lot of the old goosebumps books, like the original covers, not the, not the new covers that they've tried to you know, pass off on us like the, you know, the, the, yeah, the, I hate that man. When like the fear, the newer fear street covers, you remember you sent me that uh, picture of one of them and it was just like a woman crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in lavender or something. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm like, why do they do it? it? Must be something to do with rights or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, these, these original goosebumps covered, <laughs> but I got the curse of camp cold Lake. Um, Night of the Living Dummy, it came from beneath the sink and the horror at Camp Jelly Jam, which always like creeped me the hell out as a kid. That cover. Ooh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I picked those up because they were only like, like a dollar a piece. And I'm like, all right, so I'll, you know, this is a collector's kind of show too. So I was like, hey, I got to mention that because I'm probably going to start uh, putting, you know, picking up a lot of the old ones and trying to uh, have like the complete set again or whatever. And, um, one of the other ones that I got, and you'll be interested in this one probably. So Joe R. Lansdale has a new book out called Moon Lake that I Ooh. picked up. Um, that is not the book that I'm talking about, though. Joe R. Lansdale's the Texas author. He's huge. You know, he did the drive-in books, if anybody's a fan of that. Uh, he does the Happen Leonard series. He did uh, the Night Runners back in the 80s. Remember that novel? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did a Batman novel. Um, also, and this is Batman captured by the engines. Um, and it's the road to hell is paved with human souls and the streets of Gotham city run red with human blood. The maimed, but lucky survival tell <laughs> the maimed, but lucky survivors tell tales too bizarre to be believed a story of a murderous machines that are more than mere hunks of metal, four wheeled marauders, aimed at depopulating the city in the quickest, most vicious way they can. Only one man can stop them, but an ancient magic seeking its grim, timeless vengeance may be too much of a match for even the awesome earthly powers of the Cape Crusader they call Batman. So yeah, I did not know that uh, Joar Lansdale did a Batman novel. but I had no clue, yeah. (laughs) It was billed to me as Batman versus the car. You remember that, like, 19... What was it, 77 movie? Yeah, yeah, with James Brolin, I think it is. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so yeah, it's like Batman versus the car. That sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, I'm in. So the last one that I got here is um, Worst Laid Plans. It's an anthology of vacation horror. So I've read like the first couple stories and they were really good, but this is um, like it's out of Grand Grindhouse Press, which I recommend to everybody out there that's looking for like newer horror stuff. Um, but it's 
uh, a fateful family trip to an amusement park, an island movie theater that takes more than the patron's cash, a cross-country drive with an unexpected encounter, a family man hell-bent on making great time no matter the cost. Fourteen horror authors share terrifying and twisted tales of summer vacation that go wrong in worse laid plans, an anthology of vacation horror. So this has like Scott Cole, Patrick Lacey, you know, uh, Kenzie Jennings, a lot of a lot of really good, uh, you know, re- like recent uh, going horror authors. So those were my pickups, my recent pickups. Now, did you get these? Did you get all of these at Half Price Books, or did you get these uh, kind of at different stores? Yeah, the Batman uh, Captured by Engines I got off eBay. I think it was like twenty five, thirty bucks. It's like a, it's kind of a hard to find. You might be able to score a, a better price, but this one was in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to find. And then Worst Laid Plans was just like an Amazon buy or you know, nice online one. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I recently got. I haven't, um, I haven't really gotten much because I'm packing up a lot of stuff. And I did score a um, BDR on eBay the other day called Night Flyers. It's from the '80s, mm-hmm. and there was a, a, a series recently, uh, Night Flyers. It's the adaption of George R. R. Martin's book. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the series, but the movie is, it's really bonkers. And it's super cool, like, um, synthy, neon, uh, 80s movie. Uh, it's got Catherine Mary Stewart in it. And I'm trying to remember, I don't, I can't remember who else is in the movie, but it's got great creature effects. It's, it's a, it's kind of, uh, it's more sci-fi than horror, but there's some really cool um, practical effects and, the poster is really what gets me every time. It's just like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, I'll post the picture of it, but it's like a purple like creature, like uh, his mouth is open and then you see the ship and it's like kind of like a purple and blue, like poster, really classic, like iconic uh, poster. And I didn't own the movie. It's not really released uh, anywhere, but I did find a seller on eBay that was uh, converting the VHS to Blu-ray. And so I came across that and I was like, oh, I got to I got to scoop that up. So I did pick up that. And for the most part, um, because most I mean, most of my movies and all that's been packed now in my books. I did come across a couple books that were aquatic horror based that I don't know if you've read or have. Um, You might find them. I would say you'll find them in used bookstores. Um, If you want to look like on Amazon or anything, they are are on there but they're like one of them's like 900 bucks and the other one's like (laughs) it's like 800 but you can read the kindle if you do kindle they're like four bucks each to rent on or to have on your kindle i don't really like to e-read at all unless i actually absolutely have to um but i found these two books uh one i think i got back in indiana at a half price books and then the other one i got in like massachusetts somewhere but the first book um, I came across um, that I thought was pretty relevant to aquatic horror and also like true crime kind mm-hmm. of combined. It's called Moonbog and it's by Rick Hachula. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a pretty cool writer. He's, he's like okay. a, a lot of eighties uh, books uh, that he uh, wrote that were pretty popular. And he kind of, I think switched genres in his career, but this one is uh 
it's, it's, it goes like this. Um, the evil glow of the moon lit the path as 12-year-old Billy Wilson walked past the bog. He knew he shouldn't have gone near the inky shadows of the swamp, but something forced him to come closer to the yawning darkness, the suffocating tangle, the flesh-tearing brambles of Holland Bog. The murky depths of the bog sucked the boy into its fetid earth and claimed its human sacrifice. But one child wasn't enough. So, you know, obviously sold on that. Um, it's a cool book. Um, I think uh, any listeners out there, if you can find it, definitely scoop it up. Um, is is this one that you have, Trav? Do you know? No. Uh, so that that is one of those covers that is like burned into my um my memory and it's yeah. that because it's that cover of the person like slowly going under the water or is it like a skeleton uh coming out of the water or something like in a swampy area yeah it's got like uh green like kind of like zombie hands kind of like coming for him like to bring him down into the swamp yeah, yeah dude like that cover is so fucking killer but that's one of them that uh stupidly i passed up and we all have these as collectors ones that we've passed up in the past because we weren't in the mood for it or whatever. Yeah. And then we come back and it's immediately gone because somebody beat you at your own game. They're like, give me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what sucks is I, there was, there used to be a, on the South side of Greenwood, there used to be where the movie theater is. There used to be a bookstore like behind it. And I don't know if that bookstore is there, but they had so many um, of the zebra horror books that I collect I mean, they had like like rows and rows of it. And I went in there and I like bought as many as I could afford because I was in college at that time. So I couldn't really get a lot. But I don't know if that bookstore is still there. But I would say if it is, definitely go there and check it out. But you'll this is one that you might find. It's a little bit more common, um, I think, than a lot of his other books. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you if you see it out again, definitely pick it up. It's, it's a cool one. I think it's got some really cool twists that you'll like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, the other one, I, the other oh. one I... Go ahead, Go ahead. Bob. Oh, the other one I came across was, I don't know if you have this one or not, but it's called Water Baby, and it's from Patricia Wallace. Um, I have quite a few of her books, and she's a pretty uh, she's a pretty interesting horror writer from the 80s. Um, but this one is about, um, so it's it, the synopsis is like this. Seven-year-old Kelly has had always loved to romp in the surf of California's endless summer. Then tragedy struck, a sailboat accident which took the lives of her parents and her sister, Melissa. Now Kelly felt drawn to the sea for a different reason. She knew her sister wasn't really gone. Not as long as she could still hear Melissa calling to her at the ocean's edge and see her face where the sun glinted off the water. Brooke Hutchinson worried about the young niece who had been put into her care. Kelly's strangeness since the tragedy made her victim of her schoolmate's cruelty. She seemed to spend more and more time simply staring out to the sea. Then the accidents began, a series of gruesome water-related deaths. And Brooke realized with a chill of horror that someone was looking after Kelly all too well. Um, I don't know if you remember this cover, but uh, this one is a mermaid holding a baby with a skull head. (laughs) That sounds terrifying, man. That sounds good. It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty easy read. I was in, and this is strange that I remember this, but I had a friend in, in middle school or in uh, elementary. Her name was Christina Robinson. And her and I, like, we would always trade books uh, back and forth. And 
she let me read this book and I let her read like, I think it was like a, like a Ruby Jean Jensen book. I don't remember what I gave her, but I remember this one uh, specifically because of the cover. And I read it like all in like maybe one or two days. And it was, it was really cool. It's a really cool book. Um, definitely check it out though, if you can. I know it's another one of those that's hard to find, but it's a common book of hers that you can find in like a lot of used bookstores. Um, you can read it online with a Kindle, but I suggest if you can find it, definitely pick it up it's a it's a really cool uh cool little uh chiller so so i have a, a few uh aquatic horror novels as well like going into this i was like i don't know if i've read many uh aquatic horror but um i think these two definitely fit the bill um before i get there though i wanted to ask you um since this is like uh, the show is has like that collector's angle what do you think it is and you touched on it in a previous episode but what do you think it is about the zebra horror novels that you love? Is it just like that nostalgia? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I kind of touched on it last segment where I talked about like kind of why I gravitate, which is kind of, um, you know, zebra pinnacle and tour horror were books that you could find, um, anywhere, like all over very accessible, you know, at Walmart, uh, there was a, a store called Hills that sold books, um, Kmart, um, drugstores, and they would sort of rework a lot of the books that were already out. And they would put this, they would have these painters paint these um, paintings, um, which is how book art used to go. Um, so they would paint this painting or they would design this like comic book style art or whatever, and they would slap it on a new, on the book, a, a book that was either already published or like a new uh, up and coming writer. And um, so I would see these like really cool covers and as a kid and I'd be like, oh man, you know, like, especially the water baby one. I'm like, what, what is this? It, it's so fascinating. Like, what could this story be about where there's like a skeletal mermaid holding a baby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what is that about? I have to read it, like get this in my eye holes. And so I think with the zebra specifically, because a lot of the covers are like gory or, a lot of them are, are worked in a way that sort of like hearken to those VHS covers, like like going into like a like a video store and like judging what you're going to watch based off of that for the night. I think that's kind of how it was for books for me. Mm -hmm. And so Zebra really did a good job of that. And and another one I think that's really cool is a tour horror. Um, mm -hmm. They released a lot of like Charles L. Grant stuff. So like the pet or like something stirs or like. Uh, a lot of those books that, um, or the orchard, they would they would have like a um, a different sort of uh, a matte finish on it. So there was like like one of them. I can't think. I think it's the pet, where it has the black uh, horse on the cover, the the horse's head, and it has like the green like yeah. fog coming yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and when those were new, like you could really you, like from afar, you would only really see like the green of like the mouth and like the eyes. And so that really stood out to me, um, you know, as a reader. And so that's why I, I really like gravitate to, to that kind of stuff. But I think Zebra probably has the most output of horror uh, from the 80s, 90s. I know they had some in the 70s, but I think it's mostly 80s and 90s that um, where they were like they were on top of the game and then they just kind of like, uh, you know, fell out. 
But I remember when I bought that Grady Hendrix paperbacks from Hellbook and, you know, he kind of covers like a lot of like that um, sort of what the covers mean to him and like some of the standouts. And uh, I, I think that's a really cool companion piece to have as a collector to have oh. in your in your own um, collection of books, because I, I've, I looked at that. Uh, I've reread it. It's, it's very rereadable. Um but a lot of the stuff that I forgot about, like a lot of the books that I forgot about, um, he is covered. So it's kind of cool to go back and like say, oh, I see that, you know, they have this book. I think it's called Slimer or something that they recently released with Valcourt. And um, Valancourt is a really cool um, publishing company now that has taken over some of the older 80s titles, 70s, 80s titles. And they've kind of refit them and they've put um, the Grady Hendrix uh paperbacks from hell kind of uh moniker on it so that people know to 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 look for those but um yeah i think for me that's kind of what what stands out and and like we were talking about earlier with the the rl stein or christopher pike or goosebumps like those original covers are like so iconic like there are people that write about those cover that that cover art there are people that publish books just for that cover art because it's sort of a lost form of artistry like you don't yeah you don't get that anymore and uh that's that's why i i, I really enjoy that that kind of artwork um oh yeah but yeah like like i said like looking through um some of the stuff that i've read i'm like um because i as you know like a, a lot of the book a lot of us book collectors we have a lot of books but we have like our to be read section and you know red section uh, but yeah. these are ones that I definitely think fit the bill as far as like aquatic horror. Um, it's kind of weird because like, I feel like sometimes like, like, would you, would you consider like Lake Placid? I feel like we should do this like first. Would you consider like Lake Placid aquatic horror? Yeah, I definitely would. And I think it's because it's like uh, the water is sort of a, a pivotal okay. plot point um for the for the alligators definitely yeah lake placid even like anaconda you know stuff like that um yeah definitely any of those um so if you don't have any more uh like collection stuff we can uh, transition over to um some of the aquatic core movies that we uh gravitate to if you'd like for sure um did you want me to mention a couple books aquatic yeah 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 definitely Uh, so i just have two i have three here to focus on but it's I have Clickers from J.F. Gonzalez, which I I think anybody that is listening to this, I think would would really dig this whole series. Like, it's an entire series. But uh, this is out from Deadite Press. But it's, um, uh, Phillips Port, Maine is a quaint and peaceful seaside village. But when hundreds of creatures pour out of the ocean in an attack, its residents must take up arms to drive the beasts back. So I think that's all you need to really read from that. from that back um <laughs> yeah it's it, it's like a like it says on here it's a gore-soaked cult classic tribute to the giant monster b movies of yesteryear and it's really written like that you know just these big ass um you know kind of big ass like bloodthirsty crabs come out of the water and start like picking off people oh wow and it's fucking awesome <laughs> yeah we do need you know more of that, that man do you know was that like a it's an older book right uh, I think it's like 2002, 2003. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, yeah, you can still find it from, um, uh, I, uh, it might be like 99, 2000. But yeah, you can still find it from uh, Dead Eye Press, as far as I know. And like I said, they has a Clickers 2, Clickers 3, Clickers versus Zombies. 
Oh, like, shit. Yeah, there's a big, like, series of that one. But that was one of the first ones, and I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely have to mention that. Uh, I think I need, I think I need like a, cl- a clickers quadrilogy. Yeah. Clicker <laughs> like <box a> collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one that I have is earthworm gods from Brian Keen. Uh, oh, and this is Brian another Keen. like, yeah. Oh yeah. Brian Keen's like a must read. And like, this is another um, like cult kind of cult B movie kind of book, but uh, it's one day it starts raining and never stops. Global superstorms decimate the planet eradicating most of mankind pockets of survivors gather on mountaintops watching as the waters climb higher and higher but as the tides rise something else is rising too and it just goes on and it says i I love this quote the old gods are dead now is the time of the earthworm gods Ooh! but this is all this is uh the earthworm gods edition from uh deadite press but it's also known as conqueror worms if you have the um, like the standard paperback um, style out of um, I can't remember that company uh, that used to put all those out, but uh, yeah, there's two versions of it. This is the updated, you know, author's preferred version or whatever. But yeah, Conqueror Worms is the other title to that. And then my last one is um, some kind of international stuff, but this was one of the ones that I came onto late. You know, like as collectors, we're always discovering stuff. Oh yeah, that's one of the things I love about it. But um, it's called Geo or Gio. I'm not sure how you say that. It's by Junji Ito. It's a man- It's a manga. And oh, nice! It's fucking weird, man. Um, I think I've I think I've uh, read write ups about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Guillermo del Toro always has it on like one of his like. It's like one of his books that made me throw the book, or like he like threw the book when he read this one part. <laughs> but it's uh, the floating smell of death hangs over the island. What is it? A strange legged fish appears on the scene. So begins Tadashi and Corey's spiral into the horror and stench of the sea. And it says something's rotten in Okinawa. So like just to set it up. Yeah, there's a scene like basically the the book is about like um kind of like a, a bacterial infestation or alien infestation or something you don't you don't really know and i'm not gonna spoil it but like it's giving these sea like the all these fish and shit legs like to crawl around on land so as you imagine some of the bigger stuff get legs as well to crawl around on land Ooh. and it's grotesque and like just disgusting to look at like it's he's one of those like body horror guys so yeah oh, that but, sounds awesome Dude, it's it's pretty sick. Like it's pretty like like um, that shit. That that type of shit is like scary to me for sure. But yeah, those are my three. So uh, so I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, as a collector, when you're out and you say you're at half price books or whatever, and you, I'm gonna give you a scenario. And what do you what do you do? <laughs> you you see something from afar that you want, like. Uh, uh-huh whatever it is and you see somebody standing near it <laughs> yeah oh. do you tackle this person no i'm just playing but um no so you see something out that you like for example and you know it's something that you can't find maybe they it's priced wrong or like it's hard to find or out of print what um what do you do like when you come like when that scenario happens like is there a lot of like do you check online? Like, okay, well, let me make sure that this isn't available to me before I pay this price. Maybe the price is, is high or 
like walk me through that process where you find something that maybe you really want, um, but you're not quite sure. Okay, so I'm breaking this down. So the the first thing that you do as a collector is get the item in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) By any means necessary. So this actually happened to me. Um, this was a year, like a year or two ago, I was late meeting Rose for dinner in Greenwood. I was at the Greenwood half price books. Cause I had like eight minutes to spare. And, but I was like, fuck, I'm running late, but I just want to hit the horror section real quick. And then I'm out. And right. What's that Italian place right there next to half price books. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's not- book- is it Buca or Columbus? I think so. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Buca's, but I was like in and out. You know, I'm going to hit the horror section. I'm going to head out, you know, family meeting. Nobody knows nothing. It's kind of like <laughs> my version of cheating on her. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like when you leave the house and go eat Taco Bell in the car. Right. You're you know, stepping all- out and into yeah. a bookstore. Absolutely. I could be stepping out with other women, but I'm stepping out with Taco Bell and books. <laughs> you should be happy about that. <laughs> but it was a copy of Dark Gods by Ted Klein. Um, and it's like 900 something dollars online. There, it may be more available. Uh, have you ever read the ceremonies by Ted Klein? If not have, a classic, I have not. No, but I'm going to write that down. Yeah. He wrote like, uh, he, he, I think ran, if I'm not mistaken, I think he ran the old twilight zone magazine and stuff. And he's one of those guys that wrote like two novels and then didn't write anything else. And there are uh, one novel and then Dark Gods is a series of stories. It's like the man with the black horn is one of them. They're all Lovecraft stories. But yeah, so I, I stepped around. There was a guy standing in the horror section. I saw this from afar and I was like, holy shit. So I kind of just stepped around. <laughs> like, I mean, you can be rude, though. You can be a little rude, right? So right. I kind of like step around the guy, you know, to... um and I'm not too rude, though, so I'm, like, standing next to him. I, and once you get the gist of, like, okay, he's not going for dark gods, <laughs> I kind of just, like, you know, like, kind of reached in front of him and grabbed it, and then I was on the way, you know? Once right. you see, and I'm, <laughs> and they always fuck up, like, a lot of these places, man, that's why these collectors need to hit half-price books, like, regularly, because they always fuck up pricing. Like, dark gods should have been in one of those cases, yeah, it could have been like seventy dollars or fifty bucks or you know whatever, but yeah, it was like two ninety nine or one ninety nine or something. And oh I was wow, like, Holy shit, yeah. So that was a find. Yeah, that made my night, man. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen, um, like, I've never. I always look. I've never seen another Halloween novelization. I'm always looking for that. Yeah. Um, you know, just stuff like that, you know, the, the hard hitters, if you will. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I do, man. Like I gotta have it and, and I'm yeah. gonna buy it, but yeah. It's hard, especially when it's in, in person, like online, you can be a little impersonal and, you know, stuff like that. Like if you're at an eBay bidding more, or if you're just like cruising like Amazon or something, but, um, something like that happened to me here at Soundgarden. Soundgarden is a cool spot. I, promote it all the time it's in Syracuse they do like vinyl record day and uh, they have vinegar syndrome comes in and they set up shop like they'll do like a setup pop-up shop Um, really fun little vibe cool place Uh, but they don't um, price stuff uh, for movies like they do like their vinyl stuff so like the collectors that come in for like movies you can sell whatever and they're just gonna they're gonna price it like it was when it came out so you can really find a lot of hard to find stuff so I went in there um, one day and I noticed that someone had sold a lot of their 
vinegar syndrome uh blu-rays with the slip covers and they were used because they had sold them to them but a lot of them weren't unopened and they had a jack frost uh lentic lenticular lenticular cover which is the one that changes when you move it and that one is so hard to find like i think online like on ebay it's like over a hundred dollars like it's over 130 i think or like at this point but it's been sold out for for a couple years now but i i found that and this guy had it in his hand and so i was like shit like i really want that and so I like walk up there and I'm like looking at the other uh, vinegar syndrome stuff and we kind of like strike up a conversation I'm like, man, I can't believe they got rid of this. Cause they, they had another one in there, the blood suckers from outer space. And so I, I didn't have that slip. So I'm like, Oh, awesome. I'm going to pick that up. He's like, yeah. He's like, look at this stuff. He's like, I already have a Jack Frost. He's like, but I figured I might as well scoop it up. He's like, do you have it? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I would love to have that. And he's like, Oh, here you go. So <laughs> we like kind of like uh, bonded over like this rare hard to find slipcover, <laughs> but like anybody outside of that conversation would be like, why are these two geeks like geeking out over a fucking slipcover on a Blu-ray? But yeah, uh, it was, it was like cool because I ended up, I was able to like score it for 18 bucks and, um, you know, that, that, that to me, like kind of made my day. It was like that hard to find thing that you've been looking for that you've like had in your wish list forever or whatever. It's just that high that you get, I think from that find, it's kind of like an Indiana Jones, like you're going in there, you're swooping in, you're finding what you need. And then you're like, you're cutting out and you're on to like your next, uh, your next thing. And you're crossing that off your list. And I guess what's cool about uh, talking with other collectors is, you know, there's that, there's those little situations and moments that you come across where you're like trying to find something, whether you get it or whether you don't and you regret it, like looking at books or whatever. But um, I think it's kind of cool. Just that, that whole system that we have as collectors. You're like, little did he know I had a fresh copy at home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I told him because I was like, I was like, so this dude, like, obviously sold like some really hard to find stuff. I'm like, so now I'm gonna have to like come in here more often because the one that I'm really trying to score is the Psycho Cop Returns slipcover. And yeah, and then my life will be complete, (laughs) as they say. (laughs) It's the little things that make me happy. Yeah. Um, All right. So with that, we're going to take a break and go to our sponsors. And when we return, we're going to be diving deep into the aquatic horrors of the unknown. All right. Welcome back. And we're going to get into some aquatic horror we're going to talk about some movies that we love. Now, Travis, um, what are, when you think of aquatic horror movies, you mentioned this earlier in the discussion, you asked me, is Lake Placid aquatic horror? And I said, yes. What, what do you think would be something you look for when you're looking for like an aquatic horror movie? Like what, what are the ingredients to the perfect aquatic horror recipe? I think you mentioned it earlier, like um, uh, I think water of some type has to come into play. And one of the like um, when you first mentioned this to me and this might be a stretch um, and this kind of goes with one of the movies 
that I had written down and it was like under the vacation horror as well is like, what do we classify? And I wouldn't classify this as aquatic to be clear, but like stuff like, and then there were none. And I still know what you did last summer where there's a, they're on an Island and there's a storm that plays heavily into the plot and they can't leave the Island because the waters are like too dangerous or whatever. yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I would have to revisit, it and then there were none. Um, but if you're, but if the if the storm is integral, like for I still know, for example, um, mm. I would say definitely. I would even say I know what you did because there are a lot of. I mean, the it's movie in, ends on a boat, so uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that would definitely count as aquatic horror. Um, and then there were none. I'm not sure. Like, I, yeah, I think that there are those elements, and if it's integral to the plot in the movie then yeah i would say so um maybe like a horror aquatic adjacent (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah you know i didn't even think of the i know what you did last summer movies until you thought of that but you're yeah you're absolutely right like uh especially the second one Um, oh yeah oh yeah yeah the second one it's like it's a clear plot device like because they can't leave because it's like it's storm season and shit like that it's, it's uh, raining so hard. I love that scene when, you know, when uh, they go out to the pier and they know that like all the boats have like gone away or whatever. And they're and Julie's having her breakdown and it's raining like so hard. And like Brandy's like trying to make it through, like looking ahead and like the, the water is like <laughs> it's like brushing up against her eyelashes. I always crack <laughs> up at that scene. I don't know why. It's just so funny to me because like I'm sitting here thinking Brandy must have been so pissed that day. She's like, damn, y'all, can you like calm down with the water? I can't even like open my eyes to, to give this line. <laughs> the dude's off like, screen going more, more. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, yeah, that's a cool that's a cool pick, though. I didn't even think of that one. Um, and then it's like, do you. And then you're like, okay, so do we start with the outright masterpiece of Jaws 4 and then go from there? (laughs) You know, I am going to say something very bad, but... Oh, boy. No, I love Jaws, the original. (laughs) Like, nothing can top that one. And I really love the second movie. But uh, for shark movies, Jaws the Revenge is like... That movie does for me what like pieces does for me for slasher movies. Oh, dude, it's amazing. It's so ridiculous. Like the plot, just knowing that this shark is out for revenge, like it's not a crow. Like crows can know when someone has hurt them, like and they can come at you. It's not a crow. <laughs> like it's yeah. a fucking shark. Uh, and they don't do that. So I just love the absurdity of Jaws the Revenge. So if, if someone has never seen that movie, um, <laughs> there's a, is there not a scene? And it's been a while since I've seen it. Is there not a scene when they don't they travel like all the way down to the keys or isn't that where that movie takes place or like Puerto Rico or somewhere out there and the shark like literally travels. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think they're on actually vacation or something and the shark does follow her and, and them. <laughs> it's just so absurd. And it's so like all the all of the sequels of Jaws are ridiculous. Like the third one in 3D, like the 3D is so like janky. But it's just a cool concept. Like these people are like in an underground, like water amusement park or whatever. And like the sharks like coming for them in that 
awful like 3D. <laughs> it looks oh, kind of okay. like like a South Park like parody. Like the yeah. sharks just kind of like moving back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's holding the shark toy as it's coming from the green screen. Wasn't um, there a scene in that as well when uh, the shark jumps up and bites somebody's arms off? Or something um, when they're in a boat or something. I can't remember what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah, I would need to revisit those. I, I, I'll have to revisit those, all of those one day. I know I just rewatched Jaws. Um, it was around the last year during COVID because a lot of people were like watching Jaws because of COVID. They're like, oh, you know, the mayor of the town or whatever's acting like uh, the dickhead in, in president. And I was like, oh, okay, so let me check this out. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I forgot like what a scumbag he is for like opening the, <laughs> the town up. And yeah, it was, it, there was a lot of parallels with COVID and Jaws movies. So if you want to check it out, check it out under those pretenses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't watch the sequels. I haven't watched sequels in a while, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to revisit, I might revisit them all in order just to, just to do that. But yeah, so so you got uh, so what's your recipe? So you are you going more towards uh, like creatures? Or are you going more towards uh, like water based surrounding kind of horror movies? Yeah, so yeah, I was just fucking around there, but like <laughs> yeah. So when you when you really brought this to me, this topic, um, and this is getting into the big enchilada, as I like to say, like I immediately thought Jaws. Um, Piranha or Piranhas, you know, Piranha 3D. Um, I, I'll be honest, I thought Deep Blue Sea because I think that fucking holds up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff, recent stuff like underwater. So we can go wherever you want to go. Like I'm down to. Yeah. So I'm going to mention a couple here. And so I'll start with one. And I don't know if you'd watch this one, but it was one that I sort of stumbled across. I think it was from the video store, um, like Family Video or something, but it was called Triangle. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I have not. No, it had that weird, uh, didn't it have that guy in a hood or something? Yes, but it's, I'm not even going to like really tell you about it, but essentially the synopsis I think is pretty ambiguous but it says yacht passengers encounter mysterious weather conditions that force them to jump onto another ship only to have uh, odd occurrences happen um it is um it's so many uh genres of uh not just horror but other like there's a lot of dramatic and drama into the in the movie uh, there's a really solid story at the heart of the of the film. Uh, Melissa George is in it from Thirty Days of Night. She does a really good job, and I think it's a, I think it's what I think it's Chris Hemsworth or I can't remember who the other famous actor is in it, but um, it plays out sort of like a slasher, but and that's where you see the hood. A hooded person with a shotgun mm -hmm. but it completely will like blow your mind what's happening and it will make you immediately want to rewatch it again that's really what, that's what yes it's so good it it's got like that conspiracy conspiratorial element like of the Bermuda triangle oh, it's man. got it's got a slasher element it's got drama and like a horrifying real story and Dude, it's so good. It's it's probably one of my 
it's probably one of my favorite um, movies that's that dips into genres. Like there, there are a few movies out there that really dip their toes into like a lot of uh, genres. And this is definitely, I think one of the best mm-hmm. um, definitely check it out. It's, it's pretty gruesome. And um, I think if you like um, heady sort of trippy uh, plots, you'll definitely dig it, but it is on Tubi. Um, I think Rose would, would really dig it too. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, it's on Tubi for free, uh, Pluto and Voodoo for free, but I usually just check it out on Tubi. Um, it doesn't have like a proper uh, state's release, but you can find a, a nice Region B uh, on Blu-ray. Um, I think the the, the U.S. Uh, release sold out, so it's kind of out of print now. So if you ever find it on Blu-ray, pick it up. I think but, I might have a copy somewhere over here. Yeah, definitely check it out, man. I think you'll really like it. I think it's one of those movies that, I mean, it's it's on a ship. And I, I love movies that are on, like, you know, uh, giant ships, whether they're haunted or whether it's just a like a whatever desolate uh, ship. I always found that kind of creepy, you know, oh, happening, yeah. happening across a, a ship like that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, check it out. What about you? Do you have one you want to throw my way? So you asked me about, um, like, ingredients earlier. So I wanted to touch on that. Um I think, like, for a lot of these movies, I look for, like, taking the power out of the, the protagonist's hands. Or, yeah. You know, and you always have these, like, set of characters that are trapped somewhere. Um, and I thought about Rogue earlier, but it's like they were in a wreck, uh, that Rogue, which is that crocodile movie. Even Crawl, to, you know, to a point, like, you're in a situation with these characters and, like the power is out of your hands and it's in nature's a lot of the times. Yeah. And that's something that we don't like to deal with. Like, and, and I, in going back to that picture uh, that I sent you, it's like, how small do you feel when you look at something natural like that, that would literally like, if you went out deep enough, if you went out like 40 yards into that would like suck you in, you know, with the tide. Right. You yeah. are so small and insignificant by looking at that you know, that big ocean and the big dark sky and shit. Yeah. And it's, well, it's like, that's what a that, lot of these movies are. Yeah. It's that, um, I, I like the existential dread, like of how insignificant, um, people can become or you can feel when, you know, you're faced with like that uncertainty and also that cosmic horror element that, um, I think Lovecraft of course perfected with, not only the the space uh horror but also that um the murky depths of the ocean horror uh with you know lovecraftian cthulhu things and tentacled uh beings um is that not knowing and like being being so uh minute to a species or whatever that's out there that can just like (laughs) wipe you out and in, in a minute. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good element for a, a recipe for aquatic horror is that idea. And I'm going to get real with you for a minute. Like one of the reasons, uh, I think both of us have anxiety on the water is because of dad, because dad had a lot of anxieties when we would go to like, uh, deep pools and any deep, uh, areas. And dad is an excellent swimmer. And so are you from what I remember, but like dad is an excellent, excellent swimmer, but he always worried. And I think this might come down to, like uh, our uncle Frankie, do you remember the story of him getting uh, hurt, like paralyzed? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was cliff diving and he, uh, someone had dumped a refrigerator uh, into the the body of water that they were cliff diving into. And yeah, yeah. so he broke, his, uh, he broke his neck and severed his spine, essentially. And I think like dad, one of the reasons why dad feels the way he did, like in dad still is uncomfortable over like large bodies of water like he even sent me a message this week as if i was gonna go in the fucking water like please dude, who do you, <laughs> like who are you talking to and i got in the water but i'm not going fucking 50 feet in or nothing yeah but it's, yeah. uh and nobody does by the way like because that shit'll like pull you in you know unless you have exactly or something but yeah i think dad like looking at that situation like how he 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 felt like by being here, it's like, oh, I, I couldn't have done anything about what, what happened and stuff. Yeah. And I think dad always felt that way, you know, about and maybe he tied that to water. And that may be a reach, but it's like I was just sitting here thinking of that. And I'm like, maybe that's why we feel the way that we do as well. Well, yeah, that and when I I didn't I mean, I haven't I didn't mention this at the beginning, but when I was probably a preteen, uh, Claudine or neighbor across the street when we were living in mom's house um, she had a pool out in the front and her and Lindsay would you know swim and they invited us over mom and me and uh, mom all over and one day I kind of uh, jumped in the pool and I remember this is this is always one of those memories that always stuck out to me I can't decide if uh, it was really like an out-of-body experience necessarily but I remember when I jumped and, you know, I I jumped uh, sort of like a cannonball first. And I remember a brief moment where I was outside seeing my sort of limbs sort of helpless and like, like kind of just falling down into the pool. And that always uh, stuck with me because I I knew that um, that's a moment where you're like vulnerable and Mm -hmm. anything could happen to to sort of keep you looking at yourself like if that was the moment I died or whatever like not to get like emo and everything but I would have seen myself sitting there drown and so that really freaked me out and like when I came up I was like choking water like I had water in my nose and I don't know if that's what people describe as like when they have their own out-of-body experiences like seeing themselves per se because I didn't really I didn't have that viewpoint uh, so far uh, back to look but just noting that and like having that sort of stand out in my mind, um, there are there are moments like later in life where I think about that and like, you know, like I think now I'm I'm still a good swimmer and like I've gotten used to being in swimming pools like inside, but even um, getting in those pools, um, I still think about like those kinds of things like you know, any moment now, something could happen. Like you could have a heart attack or anything. Um, I mean, people that are swimmers, like they, you know, you could have a stroke or anything and you're just like, you're gone and you're in water, like, <laughs> and no one's going to help you. Like that freaks me out. You know, the listeners are like, uh, y- the Yabara boys have uh, severe anxiety. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, we do. I mean, I think we have reason. I think we've experienced a lot of odd, weird things like, well, and, and I was telling Gabe this earlier, which I think kind of makes sense is you, you may not remember a lot of it, but when we were, when we, when you were young and when I was uh, uh, really young, um, we moved around a lot as mm-hmm. a family. Like we, 
because of dad's job and because of like things that were happening in our family, we were back and forth a lot. We were in a lot of different houses, like in Texas and Indiana. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we were exposed to a lot too, I think. Like we were exposed to different groups of people, like in schools, or I know like part of uh, our lives were in Texas and experiencing those kinds of things in different houses. And I remember talking to dad recently. I, I was like, dad, do you remember that house that, that I was in? Um, that I really didn't like. It wasn't the one by the train tracks, but it was the other one that where I saw the robed figures. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, that house wasn't very good. He like, it wasn't a good house. I'm like, no, it really wasn't. <laughs> there was something there. Um, the robed figures. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, I think we were just so, we were overstimulated by not only the horror that we were reading or watching, but also like a lot of the things that we were experiencing, we couldn't quite explain until we could get, you know, we could grow up and reflect on that. And I think that's kind of what, where our anxiety comes from. Like, you know, is that going to happen again? Or, you know, is this, is this kind of what happens? And so not to like go on this like rant, but, I think that lends a lot, our histories, I think, lend a lot to that anxiety. You know what I mean? It's also like, um, and like, as I was thinking about this show, I'm like, it's also for me, like a respect for the elements. It's like like how um, country folk, if you want to say, like kind of respect while like, if you're out there, like. It, uh, city people might not know how dangerous the woods are or like how dangerous, like if we were to go out in the woods and shit like that, it's like, okay, this can kill you. This can happen. You know, you got to be prepared for this and this. It's almost like that respect of the, of the, of the outside, you know, yeah. they're like uh, fucking deer can kill you. If you walk up to a deer, <laughs> you know, they'll oh, yeah, yeah. the shit out of you. Um, but for me, like, yeah, I had a similar story where like uh, we went to raccoon Lake, me, Frank and mom, um when this was when i was like probably 10 or 11 and i was walking out like you know how you go um go into a lake and you can still walk though and as i walked out you know i'm not a very good swimmer um i it like dropped off like the bottom dropped off and so frank actually had to like you know uh kind of swim me back to an area where i could walk and from that from that time i've always like not fucked with that kind of stuff yeah. Like even then I'm like, like even this trip, you know, when we went to Destin, I'm like, I could go deeper, but like, I don't need to go deeper. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like I'm no. like, I know what's going to happen if I go deeper, you know, right. <laughs> like it, you, you win ocean. Like I'm not fucking, you know, I'm not chunk. And a lot of these deep so show like the deep, um, deep sea fishermen and shit like that. Yeah. Even though like, you know, one could argue, yeah, they're like, you know, they're, um, they're fishing and you know um, however you feel about the wildlife and stuff like that but it's like they respect the fucking ocean though like if if they get a feeling or like something like that or you know a storm like they are like they do not fuck around with that kind of stuff because they're like I've seen dudes die and get sucked in by the ocean and shit yeah exactly and you and you there are so many things if you look at uh, like news, uh, in science, there are so many species that are discovered like almost every day, mm. you know, whether it's like microbes or whether it's bacteria or anything. And 
it's that freaks me out too like if you're ever going to like you could step into a like a cave and release some crazy you know fucking bats or something and now you have like a pandemic like the mm-hmm. silence i think is what that book is oh um, yeah tim levin yeah yeah so and that's a great book horrible adaption great book um yeah. but so that eco like horror i think freaks me out about and especially about aquatic horror because of that that water element like and you're absolutely right like respecting the elements respecting like nature and knowing that uh, in the end i mean nature is going to take over <laughs> regardless yeah. like whether or not we're here or not and um that's why i like um and i think that's i think that's a, a scary thing about aquatic horror too is like just looking at like real news about seeing like you know florida slowly like being sort of uh pulled away from the ocean like the ocean's pulling at it every day and like it's like before long miami is going to have issues because of of the water the the water raising so and california you know has its own issues too um but there are there are so many things that happen in the news with like the weather with whether it's like snow in houston or like the rains or tsunamis so that water element is is something that's prevalent and it's not going to go any, any way. It's going to, in fact, probably get worse, you know? Yeah. And I think we humans have a problem with that. Like, um, like the, you mentioned the California breaking off thing, you know, we've heard that forever. Like we used to hear that on the, um, on the playgrounds and shit like that. Like, you know, California is going to break off one day. Well, yeah. they're like, it, it might though. <laughs> and it's like, it might, if it yeah. does, there's literally nothing we would be able to do about it. And that is horrifying. I'm sure it's, you know, even more horrifying if you actually lived out there, you know, but it's like, that is horrifying to us because it's like, oh, that just happened and we can't do anything with our cruise ships or missiles or, you know, any of the shit that we have, we can't stop that from happening or like do anything about that. Like it could just happen. The Mount St. Helens shit, like if that blows up, we have nothing to do about like there's nothing we can do about that shit. And it's like that idea will rack your mind. Like, you know, if you're getting, if you're getting all like uh, stoned out, you know, if you're on the, if you're on the green and you're thinking about that kind of shit, you can go down a spiral. <laughs> thinking oh, about absolutely. Kind of absolutely. I mean, it's like, what's, what's um, wherever you're at now, like whether you're in the Midwest or the South or Northeast or whatever, there's an element that's going to be so prevalent and so dominant in your life in 10, 20, 30 years that we're going to have to evolve and grow with that. And that's what, that's, what's kind of cool and kind of creepy at the same time, because the winters here are really rough um, and they're really long. And I'm just thinking like, there's going to be a point like, cause it, it's, it was cold until May, like it was snowy mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. I'm like, there's going to be a point where we're probably only going to have like in 10, 15 years, like two months of summer. If that it's going to be mostly winter, like it's going to be a mostly winter, like fall kind of season, which is, which is okay, I guess. Cause I like that. But at the same time, it's like the wildlife is not going to be able to respond to that. So what other adaptions are these creatures going to make to survive? You know what I mean? And a lot of times they're better at that than we are. Even exactly. They, yeah. Like the, I read a report recently um, and this is in, you know, this is in line, the ecological horror of a, uh, you know, a horror podcast, but it's like um, 
like polar bears, for instance, you know, they've had a long problem of like, okay, stuff is melting and usually they would uh, fish, 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 and then hibernate and have enough food. So that's not being able to happen right now. So what they're doing is traveling further south and mating with grizzly bears and shit. And they're becoming this like hybrid polar bear grizzly bear. And they were like Like prophecy. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, on one hand, yeah, that sucks because polar bears probably aren't going to exist, you know, uh, 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 much longer. But they were like, but one thing is like, that's kind of uh, like, cool about it or like you know like you can say well at least they're like living on or whatever is like that they're merging with these bears and they're just going further south yeah it's almost like the two bears are like look uh, like we like this area you like this area let's just mate and fucking take it all over (laughs) right so yeah maybe we'll have a a bear maybe we'll have bears knocking on doors and shit and attacking or or like a bear shark (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) yeah they're like grizzly grizzly shark (laughs) speaking of grizzly sharks so one of the movies that i have on my list here is humanoids from the deep oh fuck so that is where we have these humanoid amphibian creatures that decide it's time to mate with women and they are ready to get to spawning um so that's a different type of uh, of aquatic horror where these you mentioned earlier, which made me think of that, these creatures, you know, evolving and having legs and sort of walking. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> humanoid from the deep is not um, going to be <laughs> not going to strike terror into your heart, probably. <laughs> but it is pretty fun. Um, it's on Tubi for free. Uh, what do you think about this one? Oh, dude, that's a yeah, that's like a classic to me. Uh, watching it now, you know, there's some of those, like, some of those rape scenes are a little much. You yeah, know? like uh, I mean, it's you, full on like amphibious, like sexual assault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of that stuff is like, all right, like that's, you know, that's a little. So I, I do, um, I do consider that like a like a, one of those like drive-in Roger Corman corman classics though like for sure like that those go like right alongside like piranha and stuff like that for me like of like yeah. the, this kind of thing that we're talking about i did want to mention um this comic that i got bottom feeder i, I think i told you about it but it's on out of uh uh eb ebion press or ibon press i'm not sure how you say that it's from oh, yeah the they're, they're the ones that do the uh maniac in new york right uh they that's or, uh, maniac i'm sorry uh, yeah, Maniac. Yeah. Yeah. But this is written by Stephen Romano and stuff. But this is kind of like an kind of like an updated humanoids from the deep, but just sleazier. Oh, if, OK. Yeah. I'm into <laughs> Not going to be everything. Everybody's bag. But uh, I just wanted to spotlight that because it's like they do some like cool shit. Like you said, they do uh, Maniac and they got a few uh, original stuff coming out, too. Yeah, I follow them online and I see that uh, like the artwork is really elaborate and I think it's the house by the cemetery or zombie that they're doing. Oh, yeah. Like they're doing a lot of Fulci stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to give them a shout out when you post this episode because definitely. Yeah, they're they're a great company, man. And um, I feel like that the horror magazines and stuff are kind of dropping the ball with like really uh, getting behind them. Like they're putting out some like, and this is like, this isn't for your, 
this isn't for your intro horror fan. Like this stuff is for like your your like if you love Lucio Fulci's type stuff, then oh, then yeah. dive into it, this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's straight fan service for those that know the material pretty much already. Mm-hmm. And Bottom Feeder came with like a jazz kind of noirish soundtrack Ooh. to go along with it, and like you know th- their packaging is pretty tight, man. But yeah, I felt like that. If you mentioned humanoids from the deep, like I even have a note here. I'm like, if he mentions humanoids from the deep, I have to mention bottom feeder. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you can't talk about aquatic horror and not. Now, I remember um, humanoids from the deep. I discovered that later in life, um, you know, in my 20s. But I remember in the 90s there was a remake, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if it's any good or not. But the one from the 80s is the one that. Listeners, if you want to watch, that's the one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, I think, would be really cool for comic book storytelling. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's got that element. Like, that's probably why I'll probably want to pick up Bottom Feeder now that you mentioned that, just because of that uh, aspect to it. Yeah. And so, like, uh, some of the other ones that I wanted to get into is, like, is that Piranha series, really? Um, and my favorite one of the entire series, and this might be controversial, is uh, Piranha 3D. Like, I really, really love that movie. Yeah, that, that's the one uh, Alex Ajab made. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like that one perfectly, um, like, kind of gives us that, like, Corman monster movie feeling and stuff with a, you know, with that newer budget and stuff. But I feel like it does it, like, like really fun like in really in a fun way you know it's like characters are making stupid decisions and stuff which is like what you expect and it's on purpose and stuff like that but yeah it's really fun like and i even like like the sequel is even okay it's like all right you know the piranha double d (laughs) (laughs) you know i think they kind of embraced their b movie aesthetic and they just went with it and I, i can celebrate that yeah it's not as good as the first is the remake though for sure. Yeah, it, and then a couple more that I had written down, and I wanted to get your takes on them because I'm I, to be honest, I'm not as familiar, and that's um, uh, Leviathan and Deep Rising. Oh yeah, uh, I mean two favorites of mine. Yeah, for sure. So if you want to talk about that uh, a little bit, because I on, honestly I don't know if I've ever seen those two. Yeah, so Leviathan, um, I think actually was one that dad and I watched a lot on HBO as a kid. Uh, Leviathan and also Deep Star Six. Those were two really big ones. Deep Star Six is the Sean Cunningham uh, aquatic horror. And Leviathan um, is the one, I can't remember who directed that one, but Peter Weller, is he stars in it. And both of those kind of came out around uh, the same time um, there was kind of like this aquatic horror boom, like in the late 80s. And there was another one that came out, I think, in 90 called uh, Endless Descent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rift, I think, is what it's called in other areas, too. But um, yeah, both both that one and then I think late, it might have been mid or late 90s, Deep Rising came out. And that one's a really cool one, too, because I remember seeing the trailer as a kid and uh well no actually i was probably a teen at that point uh but i remember seeing like those tentacled monsters and like when you get it and you watch the movie and you you get something else at the end and it's like oh wow this is actually what's happening like this is 
I mean, I'll spoil it because this movie has been out for 20 plus years, but uh, it's, it goes into like a Lovecraftian sort of creature, like at the end where the actual serpents are actually attached to this tentacled monster. So I thought that was a cool surprise, but both of those are really fun. Uh, Leviathan actually, I think is out of print now from Scream Factory. And um, so, yeah, so if you find that one, I don't know if you have it, but if you find it, um, you know, definitely pick it up. And I do think that Spain put that out on a Blu-ray as well, um, bare bones. So if you, if you can't find the Scream Factory version, definitely pick that one up. But um, I would say... um, and for Deep Star Six, they put out Kino Lorber put out a really cool slipcover Blu-ray of that recently, and I got that as well. And uh, that both of those are, I think, pretty solid. Um, yeah. Before we get into like the newer stuff, because uh, I know we're going to touch on some newer ones too, I wanted to talk about. Do you have Cruel Jaws? Uh, no, I did see. Uh, so Cruel Jaws and Deep Blood, I think it is Severin released recently. Yeah. And I think out of the two, Cruel Jaws is the more serious Jaws ripoff. And Deep Blood is is this like crazy Indian <laughs> curse shark or I don't know how. It's infamous for being so ridiculous. But uh, I didn't get either one of those. Did you pick up either one of those? No, so no. And I but I was like, we got to mention them because it's like after Jaws, yeah. you know, um, the Italians, you know, uh, for those not aware, I'm sure a lot of them are, a lot of people listening to this are aware, but like every time there was a big movie, the Italians just made sequels of it. Exactly. Yeah. Geez, yeah. You can so. find actually both of those on uh, Tubi. Uh, I was watching uh, Deep Blood the other day because I couldn't really remember like what was <laughs> hap- what it was about. And oh my God, it's like the the dialogue is like, it's so funny. Didn't um, one of them even use footage from Jaws or something? I, I can't remember which. I think one of them did. I can't. I can't remember either. Well, I think actually, yeah, or I think one of them uses other footage from the other one. I think Deep Blood uses <laughs> Cruel Jaws footage. Just what I think. <laughs> like they really made it on the cheap. And now that you mentioned that, that Humanoids from the Deep uh, remake, I think actually uses old footage from the original movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man they really used to pull that kind of stuff with fans and they would go for it i mean yeah. i yeah. i still would go for it so oh yeah yeah uh, and then like you move and i i was like we gotta cover some like 80s stuff you know like 80s 70s stuff and, and then like in the late 90s it seems like we got like a revival and we already mentioned deep uh deep rising but then we got like uh and we mentioned it earlier but anaconda lake placid DFB, yeah uh, but yeah, if, if uh, we want to talk about one of those. Well, like... let me blow your mind before we transition over because so Lambertu, Lambertu Bava um, <laughs> directed a Jaws knockoff called Devilfish. Now, do you have that one? No, but I'm ordering it right now. Do it. It's really cool. <laughs> it's it's a it's. A large sea monster shark octopus hybrid. <laughs> it is so it is so fun. Uh, it, it will blow your mind. It's oh, really ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I think Code Red put that out, but you'll you'll be able to find it. It's it's awesome. Uh, yeah, but 
going back to what you mentioned, I had I, when you started talking about Italian ripoffs, I was like, oh, I have to see if he's watched Devilfish. Uh, I would say the the Lake Placid's Anacondas. I I do like those. I think those are that was a fun time uh, in horror because it kind of became like action horror for a little while. Yeah. And I would even go as far. uh, I'm going to throw out a guilty pleasure of mine that I actually watched before this episode while I was like doing some packing around the house. Uh, It's called Ghost Ship from Dark Castle. (laughs) Uh, That one is like, it's pretty fun. I didn't realize that Carl Urban was in it and uh, Gabrielle Byrne is in it. Like there's some, there's so many good actors in the movie. Um, It's pretty cheesy, but uh, it's, it's kind of fun. And you know, if even if the movie's like kind of crap, the the opening scene, I'm sure you remember when they're that Italian singer is like singing, and then that chord like rips through like all the passengers. Oh and yeah, dude. that's like one of the most iconic scenes in like horror movie I think history. Like it's just it's such a well done choreographed gore scene. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I I think uh, I think even like you know those kinds of movies I think are pretty fun. I don't know if you've, have you uh, seen um, death ship uh, from the eighties? It kind of reminds me a little bit of ghost ship uh, from uh screen factory. Put that out, right? Uh, Scorpion put it out. I don't think I have. I, I saw the one that uh, maybe I'm talking about uh, like, was there a death prison or there was the prison? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put... I think I'm, I think I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. You, I think you would dig it. It's uh it's it goes sort of like um, it's like a haunted Nazi torture ship mm-hmm. uh, that these that these survivors come across, and uh, it, it came out I think maybe right after Airplane did, and you know George Kennedy's in Airplane. Oh yeah. So it's kind of hard to like take it serious because George Kennedy's in it, but George Kennedy's been in a lot of like really campy B movies, but uh, I think you should check it out. You would probably like it. Um, but it's so cool because like every decade, there's like this weird resurgence of like aquatic horror. Like there's like the, the haunted ships and then it gets into like the creatures and even like recently, like with the sharks and like crawl that came out, which was cool or the piranha movies, um, you know, nineties had like deep rising and uh, the rift and all those. There's, there's, there's quite a few standouts or even like uh, deep blue sea, I think is one that, uh, recently got like two sequels all of a yeah. sudden uh, <laughs> out of the blue they got sequels uh, but have you checked out any of those or uh... oh yeah uh, so one of the ones that I really dug was uh, what, and I thought and dad really liked too was uh, Crawl oh uh, yeah Crawl was awesome I thought that was really well done man and yeah. it, it kind of um, you know in the last like we had Lake Placid of course and then we had uh, Alligator from 1980 Oh, that's but, so yeah. But and it's like, uh, but I really, really love. Like, I think I, I think I dig crocodile movies more than uh, shark movies. Like, I think that's my preference. That's my line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I thought Crawl was really, really well done. You know, the, you had the elements of that storm coming in, and she's going back to check on her dad, and her dad was trying to do some shit like fixing the house or something, and got yeah. hurt, or was it? And um, yeah, it's just really fucking terrifying, and you're trapped in this like basement with all these alligators. (laughs) 
so since you prefer the alligator movies, I'm going to throw a really fun one your way. Uh, I think I think it's Region B only, but there is a Blu-ray of it. I think it's from Europe, but it's Alligator Two: The Mutation. <laughs> so just listen to this: a police detective played by Joseph Baloney. <laughs> <laughs> teams up with a Cajun hunter, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch is awesome. Um, you know, he was in so many horror movies and so many like iconic roles, Richard Lynch, uh, to find a giant killer reptile in the city sewers. But so you've seen Alligator, obviously Alligator Rocks. It's a fun movie. But this one, the two, the the Cajun hunter and the detective teaming up like it's it's very fun it's very campy uh i i when i saw it when i saw it got that like release i was like i have to buy this it's like super cheap um find it on ebay but do it if you like the alligator stuff uh you won't regret it (laughs) but i i agree with you i think that if I had a preference, I would probably go more like the crocodile stuff, like like the Blake Placid, alligator, rogue kind of stuff. I, I like those movies. There's 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 quite a few of those alligator movies on Tubi. I noticed the other day. I was going to watch one. I think it's called Blackwater or something. And I've heard it's actually pretty good. Um, but there was one that came out a few years ago, and it was called Creature. And I don't know if you remember it, but it's about an alligator humanoid it's like a it's like an alligator humanoid slasher in the bayou <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous uh it's yeah um but check that out too if you come across it it's pretty trashy it's like if rob zombie directed uh crawl but as a slasher <laughs> oh god <laughs> there's like a cult and like it's all kinds it's like it's crazy the yell- the alligators like yelling obscenities like I'm gonna skull fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> well, they have like this albino white alligator skull that they it's like they're like there's like a yokel cult that worships this uh, cretin or whatever, and so yeah, they it's kind of like got that like Texas Chainsaw element to it, but <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's pretty trashy. You'll like it. I think you'll dig it. In the most recent one that I watched that I really, really loved, and this is, I know this is like still fresh in everybody's minds, and we mentioned it earlier, but it's Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Great claustrophobic, that, like creepy. Yeah. Horror. That movie totally uh, took me off guard, man. Like, I went to see it just like, I think it was one of those nights where, like, you're like, ah, I'm going to go catch a flick, man. Like, you know, Rose is, I think Rose is watching one of her HBO shows or something. And, I'm like, I don't really have anything going on, so I'm just going to go catch this flick. You know, I think it was only showing, like, one or two times that day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as soon as it starts, like, you start getting that claustrophobic feeling of it going all the way down, 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 down. And then those first couple scenes, you're like, holy shit, this movie's good, man. Um, But that totally took me off guard, man, with how good that was. I think it did with everybody, really. Yeah, I I kind of was hoping that there would be a resurgence of that sort of uh, that because it it did have that. I know a lot of people compared it to Aliens, but it's just it's it's like that, but it's also different. And I, I would like to see more of that humanoid creature, like underwater stuff. Yeah. I don't think there's enough of those movies. I like that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So, all right. So unless you have any other movies you want to highlight, we're, we're approaching the two hour mark almost. And that's, you could have watched alligator two already in that time. Yeah, you could have watched Alligator probably twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you could have actually had some fried gator. Now, have you ever had fried gator? I have. It's, it's really good, good, right? It's pretty good, yeah. We ate a lot of seafood on this vacation. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so do you, you don't do shrimp or anything like that? Uh, I don't do shrimp because of the poop vein. And I used to have to take those out when I was a sous chef. So that grosses me out. Uh, I don't, I love lobster, but I hate killing them to eat it so that that bugs me but i will murder a crab i love crab meat yeah that's um, good. good shit yeah i do the fish i do the the crab the crustaceans but i don't do the shrimp that yeah it, it just tastes like i'm eating like chicken gristle and i can't <laughs> i'm not down with that we had some shrimp and grits and um it was like a spicy grits and there was andouille sausage with it as well. So I sriracha the shit out of it, man. It was like, I'm still thinking about those fucking grits. You know, I'll have to, when you guys come visit, I'll have to do a paella or like a grits. I, 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 I really cook really good shrimp, but I just don't, don't eat it or like scallops. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say for the most part, um, Definitely pull up your deep fried shrimp, put on a island claws or alligator, something creepy and aquatic, and dig in and find those uh, aquatic horrors. Most of the movies that we threw out there tonight are on Tubi uh, for free. You can find like Underwater on HBO. Um, I know um, Amazon Prime has a lot of these cuts, a lot of 80s cuts that you'll find um, out there. So listeners, tell us if you want, if you're more alligator, are you more shark horror or are you more humanoid? Uh, Let us know in the comments. Uh, Feel free to hit me up on Fatal Follower Presents at Gmail. Uh, You can find me on Horror Amino. Uh, Travis, you can find Travis also on Horrifying My Friend. Um, this has been a super fun episode and I can't wait to discover more aquatic horrors. Travis, anything you want to go out on? Yeah, man. Just thanks for having me again. It's always awesome being on uh, fatal follower presents. Um, anytime you want to do something, I am always available for this kind of thing. This uh, setup was really cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for scraping the barnacles off your peg leg and joining us today. All right, everybody have fun and Beware of the diving pool. Bye-bye.